Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber's on assignment. Bulls trying to shake off some of these China concerns that have dinged big cap tech. Apple is up slightly pre-market. We await some used car inflation data watching POTUS at the G20 today. Our roadmap begins with the macro, though, and the Fed. Williams says rates are in a pretty good place. Goolsby suggests hikes almost done, while Dallas's Lori Logan says more hikes may be coming. Goldman is planning a new round of cuts. You'll hear what David Solomon told Faber yesterday, and the UAW rejecting GM's latest counteroffer. B of A now saying that a strike is, quote, almost guaranteed. Let's begin with the markets, though, in the Nasdaq's four-day losing streak. Jim had some firms come out. Uh, Morgan Stanley tried to defend what's going on with Apple, at least. Look, uh, I, I, the work that I've done, you know, I spent a lot of time on yesterday, say that it's just political ammo. We have to be careful how uh, much we put in to the idea that there is a real war against Apple. Uh, their Huawei phone is selling well, but that's not unusual. Huawei, Huawei is the preeminent phone there, and I know that they feel that, well, what's 5G? All these things were, uh, every time we've had a new phone from Huawei, it's, it's been a triumphant phone. I mean, it's a low phone, people like it, but it's this has killed the NASDAQ. And what you saw was some separation yesterday. You saw. Uh, people buying stocks that were not semiconductor-related, but just trashing all the semis. Semis still call the tune in the NASDAQ. The enterprise software was very strong yesterday. So I don't know. I mean, I look at this and I just say, it's September. And September is <laughs> enough, a month that you don't like the stock market. And what you're seeing is everything's kind of magnified. The bad is magnified. Sure. Uh, Morgan Stanley, Eric Woodring's point is that the market is hinting. They're not just worried about Huawei 5G but that the notion that China is going to turn inward to a large degree, and that's you know, $30 billion in operating profit. I've been saying that this is an insular government. It could absolutely hurt them. It could. They don't seem to be all that upset if the U.S. pulls back. Remember, they used to be number one trade partner. Now Canada and Mexico are number one trade partner. I've, there's a really amazing article in Atlantic, Atlantic Monthly just came out last night, which just says his days are numbered. She's she's her number. Now I know that people feel that you can never overthrow him, but the they may think that that is, that is a wrong takeaway from the article because it's so severe. But it's just about how the models fail. It's time to move on, and the models fail because of unemployment. So you take on the one of the largest employers, and you just say, okay, well look, I don't care. Well, that's something that she might want to do, but they not there are other people in the government, and they're not buying it. You, when political elders. Uh, talk to the press. We, we once saw someone basically escorted from the building because oh, he was against. That's right. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. And the Atlantic piece is devastating. Uh, there's also pieces uh, morning about how uh, the Belt and Road Initiative, which is like when you go to Milan, Italy, was the biggest biggest embrace of the Belt and Road. This is their uh, foreign policy. They're thinking about pulling out in December. A lot of a lot of countries turn out they're in debt to China. This is not China's time. They're being eclipsed, and we all. I think are very set on thinking it's all that matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter Apple's earnings. I am saying that this one may be past its peak. Yeah. And the past its peak is not Apple, it's China. Uh, interesting. Uh, George Will, great column today about how uh, China's economy is getting uh, calcified with this Leninist thinking. Uh, obviously, she's not going to the G20. POTUS is not going to meet with Premier Lee, we don't think. Right. And then B of A with this 
chart, you mentioned Mexico. Uh, we're trading more with Mexico than we are with China for the first time in 20 years. Yeah, don't worry about the pace. The pace is very strong. Mexican trade has much, they've made it very easy. One of the things that's happened is, is that if you want to do business in Mexico, it's easier than it's ever been. Uh, but what I, 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 I come back, I am absolutely um, shocked that the youth unemployment, and that's exactly where Apple would fit in, that the desire to almost bring their civilization to a halt in order to show, listen, we're in charge, that's, that's Pyrrhic. And I am surprised it's going on. I, uh, mention of Lenin. I mean, if you go read What is to be Done, which is a seminal text by, te- tra- seminal text by Lenin, that's not pro-business. I mean, <laughs> no. No, it's pro. I mean, Lenin was a mass murderer, and Lenin's What is to be Done, it's, it's only it's like 140 pages, taking no time to read. But it, it is absolutely, a, I'd say, a manifesto against business. All right. Now, that said, uh, next week's going to give us a great diet of stuff, the Apple event, uh, CPI, yes. ECB, Oracle, Lennar, Adobe, Barclays Financials Conference, Dreamforce. Oh, well, we'll be at Dreamforce, and I think that Mark Benioff's going to tell a very good story at Salesforce. I think Adobe, we had so many numbers raised ahead of time. They're probably going to do good, and that's up, got AI. Upgrade today at Mizuho. Yeah, yes, there's a good upgrade, and it's the AI that's moving. I think Oracle has just become the star of the show. Sapphire Cats was here. Stock was about 114. It's up a quick 11. I think that they have uh, cemented the relationship with, with Jensen Wong. Uh, yeah, that's a nice move. Spend the relationship with Jensen Wong, the CEO of NVIDIA. Everyone tries to be in the picture with NVIDIA. I mean, it is very funny. I mean, because Jensen Wong is a very cool guy, wears a motorcycle jacket. All you want to do is be in a picture with Jensen, and your, your stock goes higher. Now, he's an incredibly modest man, so this must be terribly embarrassing to him. But he does make the rounds. I mean, and he has endorsed ARM like he would move twice in the ARM video. Twice. I, I, I imagine you were uh, annoyed at the coverage of his stock sale yesterday. Yeah. 42 million is... Less than a fraction of one percent of his holdings. The man is built. I wouldn't look. I he was in Oregon State's class the same years as Wes Eaton's, and I think these guys are just remarkable. Uh, I've learned not to trust uh, stock sales as much as I used to because so much money has been made that it's almost like if you were their advisor, if you were, let's say you worked at a place like Goldman Sachs, and you woke up every morning and you first of all you immediately said that that Solomon's character. Uh, then you would say, hold on, i got to call them and say i got to sell something. Right. Let's get to Goldman. Uh, after yesterday's close, of course, David Solomon talked exclusively to David at the Communicopia conference out in San Francisco. They talked about the negative press that Solomon has been receiving. Take a listen. I do want to start off on kind of what I've rarely seen in my career, sort of this highly unusual avalanche of stories focused really David, on your personality defects. I mean, it's been bizarre. New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, New York Magazine. Why, is, why has this happened? Um, you know, I, I can't give you a good reason why it's happened. What I, what I can say to you, David, is it's not fun, you know, obviously watching uh, some of the personal attacks in the press. Obviously, we're a big organization. We're doing a lot of things in the world. And, you know, we should be scrutinized, and we are scrutinized. And, you know, we watch that you know, that, that scrutiny very, very carefully. I don't recognize the caricature that's been painted of me. I have a lot of colleagues and clients I talk to. They don't recognize that caricature either. And I tell you, a lot of them, particularly my cl- colleagues, are not shy about expressing their, uh, <laughs> their, their, uh, their personal views. Um, but look, I always reflect on it. You, you always look at it. And we're focused on doing what we're doing. Look, 
I, I, first of all, the interview was, was relentless, and I really appreciate that David did not just accept that answer. I went to a partner. I said, look, this is all nonsense. The guy's in good shape. And he goes, oh, so you're taking the over <laughs> that he might not be fired. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, there's a big pool. Big pool about whether they'll be fired or not. I said, there's a pool of people who work at Goldman Sachs who are betting when he'll be fired. And looking like, well, I mean, you know, DraftKings, you know, the pool. And when I hear those kinds of things, I say to myself, all right, I totally understand that the long knives are out. I totally understand. But at the same time, hey, the numbers are pretty good. This is a business, all right? This is not something where you just say, you know what, I don't like the guy. What it says is, is that you're not getting, you think you may not get your share. I want to, I was debating with Jeff Marks from the CBC Invest Club. Maybe we should buy what Solomon's doing because he's doing a good job. And then there's a story today about him firing underperformers. Are you kidding me? When I worked there, okay, of which a lot of people feel therefore I'm completely tainted. Um, we used to have a thing. We said, okay, dead wood, who's out? Dead wood. It was the first time I ever heard dead wood. I thought that was like something like, you know, maybe Sequoia. He said, no, no, with dead wood, you got to, who's dead wood in your group? I'm like, well, I, I got this guy's dead wood. Yes. Okay. All right. So, I mean, what is this? I mean, suddenly it's an onslaught? The, the dead wood department? I mean, honestly. It's not unique to Goldman. Uh, lots yeah. of companies sort of build this uh, into their model in a high-profile fashion. Well, GE like, was a great right. example back in the day. No, I mean, like, okay, so let, this is the way you have to think about it. Last night there was a player who played really well for the Lions, except for his name is Kadarius Tony. Okay, he actually works for the Chiefs. At the end of the day, if he was at Goldman Sachs, do you think that he'd be kept as a partner? He's like Mr. Deadwood. He's the king of Deadwood. Well, did you see what Mahomes eventually said about Tony? Uh, I I trust him to make these catches. I don't think you'll see these drops in the future. Yeah, because he ain't never thrown to him again. Uh, (laughs) He did run back a punt and destroyed us. But I just think we have to start recognizing that Goldman is not necessarily the sweetest place. And it's never been a sweet place. When I got there, I mean, I was like one of five people. I mean, there's only about you know, like 20 in my class. It was very clear. I mean, I, I was in a meeting. I was at an introduction. And I had gotten a permission to go to my sister's prenuptial dinner. And it was taken away when I went to the meeting. He said, no, you can't go. And I said, well, that really hurt my relationship with my sister. He said, well, you don't choose. Your sister or Goldman. Okay. <laughs> Goldman. More, more importantly were his comments to David about, um, about the markets and how yes. optimistic he is on some of these important What's, tech IPOs. Okay, thank you. I mean, I think I think you should talk a little more about how Renee Haas is doing a good job at ARM instead of just talking about how they're good, doing a good job at ARM with the deal. But the ARM deal, I think, is very solid. The Instacart deal is not clear. They're decelerating. They're decelerating. And we'll talk about Alberts. It looks like getting terrible, you know, tough, tough business. But we may have we may have real things that happen this fall. So, again, I mean, the bottom line for me is Solomon. I'd like to buy his stock. So I don't really care what he does. I don't care if he flies planes. How about if he does EPS? Like I judge a guy by EPS. A guy looks like, you know, He's an EPS walking around like a man. I like that. Are you saying that a buy order is in, under consideration or? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think you buy Goldman here. I mean, do I really care that people don't like it? I, look, I thought it was interesting. David said, look, five partners just left. And immediately I just it was like, they got the memo. You're an underperformer. I mean, you know, someone was like quibbling about back to work. <laughs> I don't understand the culture at Goldman. You know, they... Goldman's culture for me was, you want to work Saturday, you want to work Sunday. You got to pick a weekend day. 
Right. You know, I, th I, mean, I, th I think that is the complaint among many within the firm that it's that they don't recognize externally. They don't recognize what they remember Goldman being. Okay. Look, uh, we, we've we've addressed Lenin once. Okay. It, it, Lenin's thesis was if the rich are unhappy, it's their own fault. Got a rich people. A lot of rich people unhappy with Solomon. They got rich at the firm and they're unhappy with him. I'm tired of their sour grapes. They've got smaller houses. They're on Dune Road. They they don't want to be you know away from the away, away from the water. I mean this. People have made a tremendous amount of money at Goldman, and they should just shut the heck up. Well, we're going to get uh, Barclays Financial Conference next week. That'll be fun. And we'll be looking for some more commentary, whether or not this optimism is matched by rival firms. I see green shoots. What can I do? I mean, look, I've got, we've got deals coming. A lot of, by the way, there are a lot of, uh, of, of deals that will be medical, a, a lot of biotech, particularly because they approved the government's backed away from going against the Horizon Amgen tie-up, that was seminal. So I think we'll see a lot of deals. I think people should get a little more excited you know, within the next seven, after they say, okay, we're, we're taking away their max, and then you know what they're gonna do in the end? They're gonna take away, uh, they'll be, the Air Mac will be the next. I mean, can you imagine what they're taking? How about the cover to the phone? That's, <laughs> that, that goes. You know, you know what she doesn't like, don't you? She is saying, "I don't like." He doesn't like the three cam. He doesn't the like the three box. camera. He wants. He, he wants everyone to go to the iPhone five. <laughs> One of the other events next week is the expiration of the uh, UAW contract, and oh, in fact, uh, the union did call GM's wage hike offer insulting yesterday ahead of that deadline. We'll take a fresh look at uh, that, along with the Mannheim car inflation data rolling in just now. Futures on this uh, Friday morning, a little bit mixed here, but close to the flat line. More squawk in the street straight ahead. Getting some Mannheim data on used car inflation. Let's get to Phil LeBeau. Morning, Phil. Hey, Carl, if you've been looking at used car prices and you've been saying, boy, when is it going to be a more normal market? That's the headline from the latest data, which looks at August used car prices, used vehicle prices. Mannheim Auto Auctions puts this data together every year. Cox Automotive, the parent of Mannheim, says that in August, you saw the prices go down 7.7% compared to the same time a year ago. Why do we say this is more normal? Because in a normal market, you might see a 0.3% increase month over month. And that's what we saw August to July. So they believe at Mannheim that things are starting to even out a bit. Look, at the average retail price continues to tick lower. And guys, we have talked about this. Ahead of a possible UAW strike, whether it's used vehicle prices or demand, you want to be in the dealership stocks. That's the general feeling from people I've talked with on Wall Street. And if you look back historically, yes, their supply might be hurt in terms of new vehicles that they take in, especially if they're a big three auto dealer. But the demand is still there in the market. And that's why the dealership stocks, they do well whether there's a strike or not, because the demand will be there, especially on the used vehicle front. Take a look at GM, Ford, and Stellantis. Remember, we are one week out from the expiration of the UAW contract. All signs indicate that we will see some type of a strike next Friday, whether it is one automaker, which is what most people I've talked with believe it will be, or as they have threatened, all three of the automakers are struck at the same time, which I do not think is very likely according to people I've talked with. Um, we will likely see some type of a strike and don't be surprised guys if this is a long and contentious one. Okay, so Phil, I understand, say, let's take the case of Ford. They've got a, 
a five-month war chest. I believe that the UAW may only have about a five-week war chest. Ford is doing a charm offensive. You can't watch football without hearing how great it is that it's union-made. <laughs> Absolutely. Could, could, could Ford They're all be the trying one to do a charm offensive, either speak to their audience. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's easier just to strike the, the hit Stellantis. I know they also have battery deals, not so good. But what I, if you're if right. you're for if you're any of these guys, you know the language, the the rhetoric out of the union is kind of like Walter Ruther in the '50s. Wouldn't you build a lot yeah. of inventory just in case you needed it? And if that's the case, will we see lower Mannheim uh, for use coming in the next month? No, I don't think so, Jim. And first of all, they have built up their inventory relative to where it was a year ago. But it's not back to where it was in 2019, the last time there was a UAW contract. By the way, look at uh, the inventory levels for Stellantis, 120 days. I mean, they, they, they know what's coming. They, they are prepared. And really, with Stellantis, you're talking about Jeep and Ram. That's really what drives the engine at Stellantis. With regards to Ford, look, they have made several proposals. I think Ford... And people say this, is Ford in the lead among the big three in terms of negotiations? It's hard to say anyone is in the lead, but when you talk with folks that we've talked with, it looks like they are probably in the best position to reach an agreement first. Now, we're a long ways from an agreement. Let's be clear about that. And we will hear this rhetoric from the UAW next week, week after that, week after that. This this is their moment to get the best deal possible. And Sean Fain is not dropping the hammer. He it's will incredible. continue with this theme. He's against everybody. Hey, corporate media, we don't tell the truth. The world doesn't realize what's going on. He will continue with that theme right on the, until they finally sign the contracts. My. Got to get that Lennon handbook again. What is to be done? It doesn't take long to read. It's certainly his game plan, Phil. Fantastic reporting as well. Thanks, Phil. Uh, thanks for the Manheim as well. Uh, we'll get you Kramer's bet, Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell on this Friday morning. One last look at futures. Uh, more squawk on the street when we come back. Live shot of New Delhi this morning as the president arrives for a two-day uh, G20 summit uh, ahead of his visit following to Vietnam. A lot of cross currents on this one. Uh, India, of course, and their growth challenge versus China. Uh, the ongoing efforts to increase U.S. influence. Uh, the U.K. perhaps trying to convince India to call out Russia on Ukraine. We'll talk about that maybe a bit as it applies to the markets. Meantime, the opening bell is coming up in just under seven minutes. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. I have to take a car. You know I love a good cup of coffee. Well, the best ever is the Annihilator, which comes from Dutch Bros, the symbol B-R-O-S, uh, out from Grants Pass, Oregon. Uh, they were repeatedly on the show. I repeatedly asked them to raise money because I said they were overexpanding. It's time to slow down and get some capital. Well, sure enough, last night, $300 million raised at $26. Now, if you take a look at where this deal is, you got to be excited if you got in because you're already up, because it, it was priced at 26. This is the kind of thing, a $300 million equity offering comes under the market, you get in it. This is some of the things that might be positive. This is a green shoot. So I like it. Uh, I wish they'd done it higher earlier, but they're, they are, uh, they're, they're appreciably larger than they used to be. But if companies can tap the equity market, they will, and the brokers make money on these deals. Right. Are you worried at all about, uh, I mean, they always say, uh, McDonald's breakfast day part, for example, is a proxy for employment. You're not going to get a cup of coffee unless you have somewhere to go in the morning. Well, Dutch Bush used to have a huge problem hiring managers. And then about a year ago, they came on. 
actually, you know, about six months ago. And they said, listen, it's no longer a problem. Uh, people are no longer job hopping. That was, they were the first ones that came to me and said, listen, a lot of people use us to job hop. The Mike, McDonald's, Dutch Bros. That's ended. So I, I feel like that, uh, and that's really ended pretty much across the country. So, Well, you saw uh, Walmart yesterday trimming, trimming uh, wages for new hires. Wasn't and Atlanta Fed kind of backed that up as well. I thought that was amazing. I mean, Walmart has really been in the leader of, of, of paying more. Uh, I, it's over. It's over. I mean, if you want a job now, you're going to have to make calls. Right. And that's very, very different. Your point has been largely that that's been going Powell's way. Oh, totally which is, going Powell's Which way. is why I wonder what you think of B of A Hartnett today saying higher for longer means more risk of a hard landing. Yeah, I saw it. And I always said, you know, what's it like to be so wrong so early? <laughs> I mean, am I going to have to make fun? I mean, I don't want to make fun of the guy three months from hey, now. I hey, can do nib- it now. Nibble at 3,600 I with mean, a gorge at 3K, right? That was the it, call. Soft landing, all the rage, but ain't a bond manager in the world with more than $150 billion AUM doesn't think it's going to be a hard landing. Well, I can tell you something. Those people have lost Billions of dollars because the bond market's already moved against them. So I, I'm going to play my game here. Michael Hartnett, my feeling about him? Nice guy. Oh, boy. Uh, his other point involves oil. Uh, his main chart, Jim, it looks at the supply in the SPR, 40-year low uh, as we get uh, West Texas in the mid-'80s once again. We got some strikes activity in, in nat gas in Australia. Yeah, and nat gas jumped to $11 in Europe, which is a great opportunity for our nat gas companies because we have a lot of LNG, big capacity. Uh, look, if the Saudis want to take it higher, they can. A lot of talk about whether the Saudis want to elect Biden or not. Um, there's not as much demand at these, at these prices, but that really hasn't mattered. Uh, it's a manipulated market. I don't want to put too much emphasis on it. It's a manipulated market. Interesting. Also, people today looking at run rates in China refineries, actually at the highest level in some cases since data began getting okay, tracked. Okay, well, I'll see that and I'll raise it with uh, copper being the lowest that it's been in a very long time. So mixed messages on those stocks. Let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. It's a broker-dealer, Drive Wealth, celebrating its launch of equity options trading worldwide at the NASDAQ Podcast One, an advertiser-supported podcast company. That's a nice entry into what Disney did yesterday. Seven handle, Jim, uh, for the first time in several years. Yeah, we had Michael Nathanson on this morning. Uh, really talking about that the upper hand belongs to Charter. I don't know what to do if I got the Charter uh, piece of paper just says, listen, Bob, Bob Iger, you have to give us Disney Plus for free for our viewers, and you have to give us ESPN Plus for free. Well, that's where the intellectual property is. How can you give that away? I still think that in the end, you're not going to blame Mickey Mouse for the Mickey Mouse way that you're not going to be able to see the U.S. Open. Uh, Chris Winfrey of Charter yesterday did say, he essentially said, if we're moving on, that's okay. Uh, Barron's kind of took that to mean like separation from ESPN is not completely un, un, impossible. No, other ways to get it. And then, of course, we, we are reading in Nathanson, we follow through, that uh, video costs may be worth maybe higher than you think. So maybe this isn't such a bad thing. Look, I, I think it's possible in both houses. I, I have expressed already that I am angry at myself that we own Disney stock. David's not here to Boeing me. That's a reference. To it's a verb he, now to he Boeing had, you. Yeah, he hectored me every day about Boeing. We sold the Boeing for the trust. I mean, look, we, we own some great ones and we own some bad ones. And uh, that's one of our worst ones. Amazing. Yeah, Disney. Uh, Disney back back with an eight handle this morning. Incredible. Uh, 
Uh, we'll see, given given some of the comments at a charter yesterday. Uh, overall market here, Jim, uh, 44. Uh, it's been sort of a chop, hasn't it? Yeah, look, I kind of expect to get through this period, maybe get September down to be 2-3%, and then we could have a nice rally from it, is my thinking. There's a lot of stocks I really like that have just been crushed here. Uh, and I, I can go and, I mean, some of the industrials, the rails have been crushed. You know, yeah, today there was a great note out about FedEx. And I think FedEx, it's their time. It, they're doing very well. If I can get that stock a little bit more from its high, I think that's a terrific opportunity. It was just a nice piece of research. Uh, there's things, hey, look, DocuSign I thought was a decent quarter. Right? People don't think that it's, uh, that there's enough growth. I worked a lot on Restoration Hardware last night, and I know it's down 23, but Gary Friedman is the CEO. When I work with him, what I he bought back 17% of the company. Uh, you've got the new source book. It's pretty attractive. He did not really say a lot of the negative things that the analysts are attributing. I think he was being, look, we have to spend a little more. That one is intriguing to me because it's down 25. It was down 35 last night at 430. So let's take a look at that. I see a lot of positive notes that I like. I thought this I thought this first solar notes were beautiful after their analyst meeting. That one can definitely go higher than up four. So I've got things I want to buy. Yeah. Uh, medical devices seem to be very undervalued here. Uh, I just think that there are a lot of situations that have given up the ghost along with Apple that don't deserve it. Huh. So you think you're, you're sort of ready to get interested in September despite your so. concerns. If, if it goes down three, you know, 2 3%, absolutely I'm interested. Now, I'm not so interested. I'm not buying into the, uh, the swift lift, the swift economics. I mean, I, this was a piece by Bernstein about wherever she goes. Uh, rates go up in hotels. You mean Taylor? Taylor Swift. Yes. Yeah, see, the Swifties, you know, that's, I'm not reaching that far right, yet. Right. That Europe might turn, that Argentina in November is going to make a difference. I'm not willing to make that bet. But I do see things I like. I just think you got to go through this period. It's the same period we always have. And it's just an uncomfortable period where you feel like a, uh, you feel a bit of a, you know, silliness buying stocks. But next week, no. We'll get to, get to finish. Let these sellers finish. Let them out. Uh, your point about uh, some of the transports working here, CSX is uh, going to lead the S&P. Uh, UPS, by the way, Jim, going to match the price hike from FedEx. Right. Average hike next year will be 5.9. I, I think that stock is well, well below where it should be. I think, by the way, Norfolk Southern, 2.7% yield, selling at 15 times. I mean, it's a good company. You're looking at, at some of these stocks are selling at lows we haven't seen in a long time. So I see things I like. I just want things to settle down. I want no heroes. No one be a hero. You tweeted yesterday um, that what? There was a period where all three top songs were from movies. That's true. Yes. Uh, this today or this week in '85, you yes. had St. Elmo's Fire and Back to the Future and, and Mad Max. Yes. yes. You know, there are, you don't want to be a hero. Let it come <laughs> in. That was such a great tweet. I, look, I follow you so closely because then I tell my wife things. She goes, Scott, you're a cooler guy than I thought. I never say it's from you. Um, we, we mentioned Mannheim. Uh, there were some uh, disinflationary comments out of Kroger. Uh, they're investing in price, so to speak, Jim. They, that was, a, I thought, a very negative uh, report, and it doesn't seem to be sticking. They missed the same store sales numbers. They missed the revenue numbers. Uh, but a lot of people still like it. I do think that 
they sold a series of stores to CNS, and I know that they think they're going to be doing that well. That's Piggly Wiggly. But if you go back and you look at a Law Review article written for the Harvard Law Review called Market Power and Inequality. This is by Lena Kahn with a co-writer. She talks about two deals, Safeway Albertsons, which failed miserably because they gave away a series of stores to a company called Hagen that filed bankruptcy that same year. And then it hurts the best advantage rent to do $1.50. Very bad deal. And she says this is opposite of what Rodney McMullen the excellent CEO is going to be on for Kroger, even if the vestures could be perfectly tailored, perfectly. And I think the CNS is perfect because they have the backing of SoftBank. And if they preserve competition in narrow markets, it absolutely is true. In every instance, they would fail to advance the citizen interest standard. That's her standard. And that standard says this deal is never going to happen. Really? Yeah, even never. with this opioid uh, settlement? Uh, you don't think even it's enough? like this whole union? Uh, look, this Lena Khan, this is a, a very interesting lore view. Market power and inequality. Anybody can get it. And it just says, I'm blocking these deals. Well, there was a point at which you didn't think Amgen was going to go. Well, I mean, and then I talked with Bradway, the CEO. I mean, he pledged to me that he would not do this tying of product. And it, she said he would. And at a certain point, if a CEO says, listen, I'm willing to swear that I'll never do it, she had to back down. Now, I think that she would lose in court. I think the CNS deal is fine. But my daughter lived next to a, to a Safeway that was turned into a Hagen and was back to being a Safeway within a couple of months because Hagen went under. And FTC blessed that deal in 2015. And they have lived to regret that they blessed that deal. And I feel like, well, they're back to the mill now with, with the supermarkets and Lena Khan will block it. FTC. She'll block it because of the doctrine that she that she talks about in this, which is a doctrine, by the way, that is uh, very left, very hard left, right. and doesn't fit with our country. Uh, we'll talk to Rodney at 1130, as you saw. Uh, some decent uh, margins in there, uh, operating margin up uh, 35 basis points. Not as good as RH. The, uh, the margin beat at RH uh, was kind RH, of insane. I know Gary Friedman is down in Florida doing some things that I think could help the store. The English, the UK store is open. Uh, I do think that uh, the stock had run into the quarter, which is one of the reasons why it's falling so hard. Also, uh, some macro worries. I know you, you noticed B of A trimming uh, to 415. Yep. Not well, your favorite call today. You know, look, I, if interest rates stop going higher, Carl, we're all going to look at this stuff and say, why didn't we buy? So I'm, I'm positioning the trust we have not bought in ages. I'm positioning the trust to be able to do some buying. And I think that and it's not just going to be natural gas. I think there are things. We have interest rates, I think kind of settling in here. I watched the 20-year 4.5. There was an article in the journal today about how home prices have leveled and coming back. Well, if you see interest rates and mortgage rates go to 8, there's going to be a lot of excess homes. I'm not buying that piece. I'm not buying the overall negativity that I'm hearing. Where were they when when you should have been negative? And I'm not, as I said, I mean, I have enough sources on Apple to just, to not be able to say it's the shutdown. I, I, I just... I just don't get it. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I, I just feel like I have too many sources that are saying sales are still very good there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, look, I can laugh at my sources. I do have close relationships. I build over many years. It's not like I, I didn't fall off a turnip truck and say, listen, I think it's fine. Uh, up almost a full percent this morning, uh, bouncing off of the week low, which was around 173 and a half. Uh, Jim, we mentioned uh, Ford earlier. Cover of the Detroit News today uh, looks at this new $4 billion line of credit. Uh, they've trained 
1,200 salaried employees to man parts depots in 15 different states. So when you and Phil were talking about uh, circling the wagons, is that what you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that Jim Farley is ready to take a strike from, from uh, Ford. What's interesting is the thing you haven't heard yet is Mexico. When do you hear when President Trump is not president? You know what, guys? We're building up in Mexico. We're going to go to Puebla, where the largest factory for in the world is for VW. We're going to go to Guanajuato, which is you've got some great German companies. Carretero, you've got a great German manufacturer. There are cities in Mexico that will give you the store, healthcare taken care of. Unfortunately, you can pollute at will. Uh, fabulous workforce. Uh, don't count on it, Union. Don't count on us not going back to Mexico. Don't count on it. Too good a workforce. Very easy to do business there. KSU, oh, well, now Canadian Pacific. Right, right. Rail goes uh, right through the town I've got a place in, and uh, Union Pacific, too. I, it's, too build, it's too easy to build down there. And, the, and this president, I know he's the Union president. He's self-proclaimed. But there is a country that we do a heck of a lot of trading with. And it ain't China, and it ain't, state, it's ain't Canada, but it is Mexico. Yeah. And they've come on very strong. A lot of, there's, by the way, a lot of stability in Mexico right now. People don't talk about it, but it's great stability. Uh, political stability. Yes. Uh, yeah, it could be interesting if they wind up with a female leader, right? Wouldn't that yeah, be something? Yeah. Underrated country. No one, no president seems to take them serious. Drives me crazy. Yeah. I know you took some interest yesterday in uh, Bed Bath. Yes. Gary. Well, we've got an interesting story there. Uh, yes. Uh, and Orion Cohen, sorry, and this SEC investigation that the Journal had. Yeah, that's a complicated issue. Now, he did get three people on the board of Bed Bath, Marjorie Bowen, Shelley Lombard, Ben Rosenzweig. They got on the board March 25th. They were his people. And then he said he gave a positive tweet during the summer, August 12th. And then about, he had a small, so an emoji, smiling emoji, in response to a negative CBC story. Uh, he said that at least her card is full. I had a picture of a woman. And then he, he sold the stock not long after, sold his whole position August 16th after he gave the positive emoji August 12th and his people are still on the board. I'm calling it quizzical, if not ill-advised. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Sale. We'll see where they follow through yeah. on that. The SEC is still the SEC. It's not criminal. Uh, if you get that SEC notice, by the way, you can't throw it in the wastebasket. It's not like uh, Sean Fain from the UAW. So you get it. you got to call a lawyer. And what the lawyer says is um, it, they, they use terms which are like, you know, there's a bad set of facts here. When they say bad set of facts, what that means is you're about to have brain surgery and you didn't know. <laughs> yeah, and they're using, they're using a high-power Black & Decker drill there. Oh, sorry, Stanley Black & Decker. Um, on AI, uh, Microsoft, Jim, uh, interesting. Uh, people watching the site visits to chat GPT, which have been down month on month, uh, three months in a row. Well, I mean, look, Adobe, you can do chat GPT. Uh, by the way, I, mean, I always, before I do my fantasy lineup, I went to ChatGPT. Absolutely, it said, Jim Cramer likes to draft receivers, and he gave me a list of receivers. Well, thanks for nothing. <laughs> so, is this, um, you think it's novelty? Wearing no, off of the edge? No, you can really do a lot, because what happens is, I had an outfit like Clearwater on last night, which does uh, software as a service for, uh, for uh, let's trust funds. And you can ask it questions. And I had the other day CrowdStrike. You can ask it questions. It's low code. That's what matters. I mean, right now you have to have people who went to Stanford Business School cost your fortune and they code it. It's kind of like you need a translator. And now it's just like, hey, what was that North Korean hack all about? Right, so right. It comes back and says, well, that was turned out to be a consumer packaged good company. So, no, it can be very valuable if used correctly. Uh, well, that's part of the Mizuho call on Adobe. We're just showing Adobe. Oh, I mean, Adobe, the Firefly, pro I've, I've used it. 
I mean, it's incredible. You can make your stuff look better than anybody. It is so easy to change colors, change design. It is remarkable how quickly things that used to take days uh, take 20 minutes. My daughter designed a dress. Took two. It took two months on with the Adobe product. 20 minutes. Right, right. And now it looks like Meta is going to embark on this ad campaign uh, that will. What's the argument? The impact is real. Uh, basically, pushing the notion that uh, these innovations and the and the mm. productivity that results is going to happen faster than we think. Oh man, the stock's been going up because he hasn't been talking. He just jinxed himself, Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's terrible. He just he just Kadarius himself. Oh, 303, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Wish he hadn't done that. Stock's flying. This is a good time to be quiet. When you have a stock that's going up, you just be quiet. You know, you, you just uh, under the radar. Go under the radar. Go go surfing. Yes. Well, we're sort go of in, well, but we're in a period, Jim, with these conferences where we're going to be oh looking my God, for next week. We got yeah, the industrial yeah, conference yeah. and uh, Morgan Stanley. I, I have to tell you, this is a period where these conferences are moving stocks left and right. And they come, they blindside because you can't believe that someone, that First Solar would give a conference that was so bullish that there'd be three people come out today and say, that's the solar company. When the solars have been horrendous, but not First Solar, they got right. a good balance sheet. Healthcare is going to be coming on, on a couple conferences. Lilly today, Jim, new record high, almost yeah. 578. Well, Goldman Sachs had a piece uh, talking about how it's incredible, but we had uh, Dr. Scott Gottlieb on this morning and talking about how it could be good for Alzheimer's which is not really in the... Cognitive disease, right. Yeah, that's not in the, in the portfolio. No. Is like, there wow. any end to what these things may not be able to help? Um, yeah, I think the, the Chiefs wide receiver court. <laughs> no help whatsoever. Yeah. Butterfingers? No, no, not working. Not, not working. That Chiefs wide receiver court is like, no. I mean, well, I hope they give it to the, uh, the Patriots defense on Sunday. National game. Oh, look oh, at there this. It no, is. show the Kadarius. Come on, yeah, don't show the, the, yeah, the, the You, want, you want to see the drops. Let's just see that volleyball. It's like, you ever watch volleyball where you, you, know, you up it and then they spike it? That's kind of, well, no, no. We didn't, come on, give us the... It's all right. I mean, maybe you're not allowed to show that play because it was so horrible. Yeah. Um, Apple in the top 10 on the S&P, Jim, is going to be interesting. Well, I mean, people, make, people have sources and... There are stores, and the people are lined up to go to the stores, and they're not being, the party's not taking those people out and saying, I see that you're buying an Apple, your career's finished. Do you know that they have, they have something like 46 million extra apartments? <laughs> there's some number in the Atlantic. Yes. That's, I, I, they, they have a, it, there's no problem getting an apartment in China. Right. That's my take. I saw a, some, a stat today that said they, they've been able to, they can create enough concrete to, to basically make London a parking lot, right? Well, they have enough. They have enough uh, apartments to, for everyone in Japan. I mean, they, look, they're, they're a failed society, and we're, we got to stop thinking that they're the biggest powerhouse on earth. And I think the idea that we can slow them. See, there were people are saying, "Listen, we we've, we've done a bad job uh, because they have the five. They have a five. Uh, you know, they, they've got it 5G. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah, they got 5G. Anybody can have 5G. What matters is, is that anybody, can anyone have such a bad balance sheet as that country? Right. I mean, okay. it, it's so many companies about to go under. Well, I, I guess the question then is why isn't, it, why isn't that a huge liability for a Nike, right? Which is it once is. again in danger of... No, it is. There are other, there's two other, there's two Chinese companies that are apparently making inroads uh, on the Jordan. Don't forget the auction. It's not really an auction. I know Nike's been doing these things at 10 o'clock. 
where they do it's a lottery system in our country. Nike is very, very hot here. So I know that I don't want to dismiss Nike entirely. It's a pretty well-run company. Yeah. Uh, anything, uh, if it loses 97, you're but, talking about levels that'll take you back to uh, November. But Lulu, the numbers yep. for China yep. were fantastic. That's Calvin McDonald just doing a fantastic job. A quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or use the QR code on your screen. It takes you right there. As for yields, uh, some slight relief today, at least on the two-year. We are going to get uh, wholesale inventories in about 15 minutes. Watch for uh, Baker Hughes rig count as well later on today in consumer credit right now, two-year 493. Back in a moment. A programming note from what drives the modern-day sports fan to emerging opportunities in teams and leagues. CNBC is going to go courtside with leaders from across the sports landscape to break down their game plan for these rapidly evolving businesses. You can watch Game Plan tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on CNBC. Meantime, pretty flattish action. Dow's up three points. Uh, S&P 4462 being led this morning by some Infotech and energy up almost uh, 1%. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Great piece today by Davidson about Snowflake. I think a lot of people don't realize that if you have AI, you actually need I. You need someone at the company who really understands things. Frank Slootman, who is the genius of Snowflake, is actually using AI to his advantage. And I think that people should take a look at this report or do some homework on Snowflake because I think the stock is uh, making a big, big move here, and Slootman is the guy you can rent the cloud. It's a great business model, and he's a terrific guy. He's a very tough guy. A quarter wasn't wasn't too bad, right? No, no. and after he I, he had spoken to me at the CNBC uh, Great CEO Council, and he was very downbeat. Well, he's talking, singing a new tune now, uh, but I do emphasize that uh, you do need some economic activity. That there's some economic sensitivity to Snowflake, which is what he was worried about. And I'm a little more bullish in the economy than a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking, but after Snow, Splunk, certainly Cisco, um, Cisco had a great call. Palo Alto, Crowd, yeah. uh, there's some decent software. Enterprise software is where it is at, and people don't realize they're really making a comeback. And it's kind of happening without you know, people focus on semiconductors. They focus on enterprise software. That's where the money's made. That's why I'm going get, to Salesforce. I was going to say, is that going to get reflected next week? I think it will. Um, seeing Mark Benny, I've spent some time seeing a lot of different guests. Love being out there. It's going to be a very good time. Right. Um, the only calls we didn't get to this morning, I think, were maybe J and J, and maybe P and G. J and J, tepid P. That P and G. When Chapters on his podcast, I didn't like that piece at all. Really, I mean, the dollar is very strong, so it can hurt that. But it kind of said it's its peak. Come on, it's a one fifty nine that long, not that long ago. J and J lately, the talc bar has not been has been quiet. There's a Tylenol. Uh, Jesus, negative Tylenol stuff. That's Kenview. Stop reflecting on J and J. But I think J and J. We gave up on J and J at a profit. Uh, for the trust, but I fear the I fear the plan is born. I hear the word asbestos, even though I don't believe in it. I know that uh, the previous management said absolutely not, Alex Gorski, that there was no asbestos. But the juries aren't buying, and the juries are are jackpot. So J and J has to has to do what what 3M did with the combat arms trial, make a settlement. Right, they have to. How about tonight? Okay, so we have a lot of night games, the Eagles, because when you're in, this, in the Super Bowl, you have them. And you might ask me, well, how do you go to a night game and then the next day be able to do work? And what does it do? How are you able to do that? And the answer is you go to Celsius. So the answer is <laughs> fine. You can have four Celsius before the show. You can do what you want. So Celsius is on the night. They cracked 200, so I immediately call. Field. Now, when this, this thing was being shorted at 40, 
and I happened to have to pull it. You know, I didn't go to sleep on Tuesdays when I was in college. It, it was a waste of time. I, yes. I, I went, you, this, you don't need to go to sleep with Celsius. That's what's so fabulous. It's sleep becomes a waste of time. <laughs> and yet, and yet you continue to well, put up with this. You know, we make such great coffee here. <laughs> Nothing like the Annihilator from Dutch Bros. You, I have a Dutch Bros Annihilator. I'm up for three days. <laughs> Jim, good luck this weekend. Uh, we'll see you tonight, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. When we return, Wells Fargo's Mike Mayo on the banks, plus his reaction to Faber's exclusive with David Solomon in a minute. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.